Blog Talk Radio. Radio broadcast. I'm your host, Susan, Laris, and Dan, and today is March 20th, 2021. I welcome those who are listening throughout the world, and I'm very mindful that although this is the first day of spring where I am, for some of you, it's the first day of fall. So wherever you find yourselves today, and no matter when you are listening to this program, no matter what time of year, because your energy is here, now, present with all of us, all of the listeners together are here energetically. There are no true separations after all. The spoken word, the feeling of being in the presence of others and simply listening is an act of energetically being in the same space, no matter what the time. And I'm sure we'll talk about that more in future episodes. I am coming into this broadcast setting in motion coming in on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, more regularly. So keep an eye on that. Um, I do appreciate, I'll say at the outset, Blog Talk Radio's support of this program, which has been on the air for over 10 years. This is the 11th year. The program has evolved over time, and today we're going to talk about fear because it started out on that theme, and it is still very relevant today. Face it, fear is running rampant. Fear is running so rampant that it's almost become something that we've grown accustomed to. Perhaps we're choosing not to be totally consumed by fear, but we are surrounded by messages of fear and by those who can only seem to think about fear. And we need on this day, on this first day of spring or this first day of autumn, wherever you are, and even at any time, 
that you hear this program wherever you are. The time has come to reclaim who we are. Many of you are on a diversity of spiritual paths who listen to this program. I honor your paths. Going forward, this program is going more back to some of my early work when I first began this show, when I used to write quite a bit, and for diverse audiences. It's not intended to be for just one particular spiritual audience. At this point, in this period of time, it is vitally important that we boldly, boldly stand in the knowledge and the trust of our own depths of spirituality, our own experiences of spirituality, and indeed our own knowledge, our own proof that we've seen so many of us, many listening are from many different types of careers and disciplines. I myself have degrees in mathematics and computer science. I have spent a lot of time in the sciences. That is not contrary to spirituality. And we need to stand together in this because there are voices that are deriding and diminishing what it is we know is vital, vital for our path forward. So today I'm going to start this broadcast by reading something I wrote last night. I don't always do this. I know many hosts write up a particular piece to read on the air. That's actually pretty rare for me, but I'll do it when I'm called to, and today I am, because it will help us with some other things I'd like to reflect upon today. I do blog daily now. I started that at the beginning of the year. That, too, is consistent with my writing before I started this program many years ago. And um, I intend to continue to write regularly and in different ways. But for now, I am indeed blogging regularly. And you can get to that blog from the FrontierBeyondFear.com website or Facebook or Twitter. All of those links are on the page. I invite you to follow my thoughts day to day. This is what I wrote last night very spontaneously. And I'll set the scene for it. I do write every night, and I do have a particular time by which I need to get writing. And last night I was watching a movie that's been on my DVR for a while, and I had just started watching it. It's a very serious film. I don't even know everything about it, but I know that it was highly regarded in the time that it came out called The Hours. So I had started this film, and at the beginning... There's a writer who he is dying of AIDS and someone who loves him is talking with him and he is speaking about how much he had wished that he had written authentically in his life and the call to be a writer. And he's about in the film to to win this prestigious award for poetry and yet he feels called and feels some regret 
over not being as authentic as a writer as one can be. And I'll tell you that especially now, and this what I'm about to read will also speak to this, authenticity is not something that was admired even a year ago. And how that dawned on me is I was looking at this show, because I haven't done a lot of shows in the past year. There are going to be a lot more in 2021. And looking back a year ago, I was braver about expressing some thoughts and concerns about sociologically this experiment that we were entering into, because a society and a civilization is complex. It is not one-dimensional. And I think that has been unfolded to us and revealed throughout the year, how looking at things in one-dimensional ways can actually have all kinds of side effects in other ways. And you cannot deny this. We have to go forward in a way that is far more stable sociologically because as we are humans and as history has shown us, we've made a lot of mistakes and we're not exactly um, steering clear of making mistakes, unfortunately. But many of us, are becoming more aware and of multiple persuasions and standing up for a much more functional and, um, yes, spirituality plays a part in it, a multidimensional path forward, might I say. What that is, we will be guided to and in each of our lives. And this program today is about choices how you make choices, how you make decisions. We're all being faced with many types of decisions right now. And if fear is a major factor in how you are making that decision, I mean, unless a fire is approaching and you need to run away or something very urgent like that, no, fear will not serve you well in this situation. You need to be mindful of every aspect of your life and you need to be mindful of wisdom and to really go deeper and study so that you can make valuable and mindful and healthy, healthy choices. And that isn't necessarily what is being imposed or if there is intimidation going on, or um, there's a lot of shaming going on right now. None of that is healthy. None of that is spiritual. If you are in the spiritual community and you are participating in that, I would suggest you go back to non-judgment and finding your way, because you are going to hear more and more voices speaking and calling you back to yourself. Because that's basically what's happened is a lot of people have lost sight of who they are and what they choose truly, how they choose to be in this world. And trust has a lot to do with it. We've lost trust. We've lost trust in spirituality. And it is vitally important to find your way back to that trust, to that inner compass right now. And it impacts how you're treating other people. 
I just couldn't say it more strongly, and you are going to hear, though it may seem like judgment, I say it in a loving way. We have to find our way back to the very fundamental concepts of our spiritual path. Spirituality is a path of free choice. I know, you know, I've come from multiple backgrounds. I started out, I'm the granddaughter of an evangelical minister. Although I didn't really know him, it certainly had an influence on my life growing up. And if you come from that path, you know that God does not force a choice on anyone. That's often misunderstood about that path, but it does, there is a strong foundation of people choose what to believe, and that choice is a free choice. I, I went into more New Age types of thinking. I don't think you can label my thinking now, but I believe in open-hearted spirituality and free choice. If people don't believe in any kind of afterlife, any kind of divinity, and come from a strictly mechanistic point of view, although one can be spiritual on that path and have mindfulness practices and things like that, it's a vastly different belief system. And it is a belief system, let's be clear. We're all in pursuit of truth. There are many scientists who are looking at things like quantum physics, who are looking at things like impossibly, in terms of statistics, virtually impossible. There's no such thing as impossible, but things that are so improbable in terms of synchronicities and so many other things. Now is the time for those who are awake to truly, truly seek what is real. What is the nature of reality? That's what science is about. It's not about, I only believe in this one thing and it's always going to be true. Science has never been about, this is always going to be true. Science is all about one paradigm replacing another. It doesn't mean that you can't discover truth, but it's not about, I tell you so. It's not about arrogance. It's not about derision. It's not about any of those things. It's not about oppression. Reality is something that requires an open mind to truly explore. If you don't have an open mind, then you really can't honestly and openly find your way to reality. And that's what science is about, and that's what spirituality is about. The uncovering of actual reality. It's really that simple. Okay, I'm used to being spontaneous, so I digress from reading. And I actually have a couple things I want to read, and this show might go into overtime. Um, If you're on the line, this program today is so short. I'm not going to take calls today, but I welcome you to listen on the line Um, I thank you for coming on and and wanting to talk, and maybe in the future. But for for now, I'm keeping this program very simple. So I welcome your comments, though, on the program, if you'd like to comment, and we can talk that way. So, okay, 
I am going to read this blog from last night written spontaneously and very quickly, I might add, and from the heart. It's called Reclamation. I will add that the the movie, The Hours, part of it, it's about Virginia Woolf's life, but it's also about people reading her books in the future. Um, So I have a quote that I consciously found from Virginia Woolf at the beginning. Quote, lock up your libraries if you like, but there is no gate, no lock, no, no bolt that you can set upon the freedom of my mind. Virginia Woolf. My my writing here now in the blog last night. It dawned on me, though I knew it, looking back on just a year ago, that open authenticity is fading, and we must not allow it. It's a struggle to retrieve it. That's how strong what this is has become. We must do it a step at a time, as I'm doing now. Questioning is no longer in style, and yet we question clearly. And that's the right direction. It is really pretty shocking that it is the trend to question questioning. History has taught us many times that is never, ever a good direction. Question it boldly as we must. Go deeper and look and reclaim the choices that were always yours to claim. Choose. Yes, you. Choose. Daily. Freely. You'll know the way, even when you don't. Spirituality teaches us that we are here to make free choices. Several different versions of it say exactly that. Wisdom isn't handed to us and certainly not thrust upon us. We must seek it and find it. Anyone, and I mean anyone, who would intimidate anyone else regarding their own freedom to seek truth and wisdom is not someone who really cares much about truth and wisdom or about you or anyone else or about much of anything of much use for humanity. Care about truth and wisdom for yourself. Care about it. Seek it. I'm speaking to myself as much as to you, though I've managed pretty well so far, quietly. The more you find it, the more you can choose accordingly and live your own life. No, though others would love to live it for you, that's never the right way. Choose. Freely. The materialists, and I put an asterisk there, and I'm going to read what's at the asterisk in a second, claim they own the planet. They do not. They only see things dimly because you need the light to see. It's really that simple. Just because they shout the loudest doesn't make them right. Here's what's at the asterisk, a definition for you. A materialist is a person who adheres strictly to a mechanistic view of reality and generally insists on everyone adhering to exploring, quote, truth in this way. Materialism arose as an overreaction 
to oppressive, non-materialistic worldviews many years ago. Yeah, like being threatened to be burned at the stake, those kinds of things, I add. Okay, back to my blog. If spirituality calls to you, and it calls to everyone one way or another because of who we are and why we're here, it's up to you to open the door. Crack it open if you must. Push it open just a little. That's all it really takes because what is waiting on the other side was always there to greet you. It's an astonishing way forward, but it begins with a choice. I have reflected many times on open and closed universes, which I learned about in astrophysics class many years ago. Truthfully, materialistically, none of the universe varieties are particularly hopeful or attractive. An open universe expands and expands and expands, materialistically that is, and eventually grows cold and dark. A closed universe collapses back into a singularity eventually. And then there is that theory about the universes that bounce. They can't decide whether to be open or closed. It all sounds pretty harsh, really, but we are looking at it materialistically. I heard a story in passing today, and I only heard it partially, and I still haven't had a chance to look it up, about some black hole that has been discovered racing around the galaxy, either ours or somewhere else, I'm really not sure, but now we know black holes can be in rapid motion. Seriously, yes. Face it. If you believe strictly in, in materialism, reality is, a pretty, is pretty randomly terrifying. Now we need to worry about, apparently, racing black holes. Some years ago, it was mini black holes or clandestine neutrinos or any number of other things. I've already mentioned Carrington events and near-Earth objects. I hear talk about pole shifts more and more lately. Truthfully, compared to all of these bigger giant things and even earthquakes and large volcanoes, the climate is rather small, though yes, that is talked about as well. But what we really need to be caring about But what we really need to be caring more about is who we choose to be, what we choose to seek, and just how open we choose to be. That's what's going to change the planet. And when it comes to universes, I prefer the multiverse. It has a lot more to it. How did I come to write this in this moment? Well, for one, I have a deadline every evening. I was watching the first 25 minutes or so of the hours a movie I have not seen. I've kind of avoided it for some reason, as I expect it to be very somber and serious, though I've known it is an excellent film, perhaps because it has a lot of gravity. And there is a writer near the beginning who is talking about writing. He talks of his regrets regarding not actually writing about things as they are, which is difficult, of course, as it requires raw authenticity. And this feeling that there is never enough time to write enough. He is running out of time within this story. And this is quite a serious story at the beginning and no doubt later and in a number of serious ways. I'll pick up watching where I left off, perhaps tonight or perhaps tomorrow. But in this moment now, 
I am writing. Seeking genuine truth and wisdom helps us make wise choices clearly. And the choices are here for the claiming when we claim them. It's a necessary thing to know. That is an entry from my blog last night. I welcome you to continue. My entries aren't always quite so poetic or lengthy, um, but I certainly welcome you to that blog. You are appreciating this episode. I'm also, once again, focusing on what some other writers have had to say about a similar topic. And lately, and this show probably will go into overtime for those of you listening, if you want to listen to it live, by the way, an easy way when a show goes into overtime, you can either wait and listen to it after it's done, or you can call the the teleconference line, because the call-in line is a teleconference, too. And that number is 310-807-5104 if you'd like to continue to listen live. So I'd also like to read something from Walden. Walden was written by Henry David Thoreau, as many of you, I'm sure, know. It was also known as Life in the Woods. Henry David Thoreau, and this is so appropriate for the, either the spring or the autumn equinox, wherever you find yourself, he went to the woods. He's a very free thinker for his time, and he actually got into many lively discussions and debates, which, by the way, is healthy. It's healthy. You know, this notion of, oh, there's just one point of view, and that's the right way, and that's it. That's not healthy. It's not healthy. I don't care if you disagree. It's not healthy for society or for you or for anyone around you, truly. We're here to have, we are each having a unique experience on this planet. Who I am is much different than every one of you. And by the way, while you're at it, Celebrate who you are. Now, there's an essential spiritual message. Celebrate who you are in all of your aspects because you are uniquely you. And those of us with a spiritual background know just how important that is. All right, back to Henry David Thoreau. He lived 1817 to 1862. Um, he was, by the way, a very strong um, abolitionist. He very strongly felt about freedom. Freedom was so important to him. And he was friends with Ralph Waldo Emerson, and he actually lived on a piece of Ralph's property. You know, we think of these people as so iconic, but that was just Ralph, you know, his friend. I mean, brilliant, yes. They were all brilliant, but they probably didn't even know at the time who was, you know, who they were or what they would become. A lot of his writing, a lot of Henry David Thoreau's writing wasn't even read necessarily um, at the time that it was written. And this particular diary was written starting in 1845. And he was in 
the woods a little over two years, and I just happened. I actually turned to this passage. I was looking in Thoreau, but I wasn't really looking. I just wanted to look in Walden for a passage to read, and I went right to this one, and I think it's perfect. So it has something to say to us, just as it did to me. By the way, live listeners, actually, let me digress for a minute since the live show is going to end. Um, I just want to remind you, you can find all of my writing, um, past shows. The show has evolved. If you are new to the show, you will see that. Um, and now, you know, it's at a simpler place in terms of sharing of honestly felt feelings and studies and wisdom. That's what it's about right now. I don't know how it will shift in the future. Um, FrontierBeyondFear.com is where you can go if you want to learn more about this program. And you can hear the rest of this program shortly when it finishes. I welcome you here. Thank you for being here live. So back to Henry David Thoreau and Walden. This was at the end of his time. He was talking about um, how he, he left the woods. I left the woods for as good a reason as I went there. Perhaps it seemed to me that I had several more lives to live and could not spare any more time for that one. It is remarkable how easily and insensibly we fall into a particular route and make a beaten track for ourselves. I had not lived there a week before my feet wore a path from my door to the pond side. And though it is five or six years since I trod it, it is still quite distinct. It is true, I fear, that others may have fallen into it and so help to keep it open. The surface of the earth is soft and impressible by the feet of men, and so with the paths which the mind travels. How worn and dusty, then, must be the highways of the world, how deep the ruts of tradition and conformity. I did not wish to take a cabin passage, but rather to go before the mast and on the deck of the world, for there I could best see the moonlight amid the mountains. I do not wish to go below now. I learned this, at least, by my experiment that if one advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life which he has imagined, he will meet with a success unexpected in common hours. He will put some things behind, will pass an invisible boundary. New, universal, and more liberal laws will begin to establish themselves around and within him or the old laws be expanded and interpreted in his favor in a more liberal sense, and he will live with the license of a higher order of beings. In proportion as he simplifies his life, the laws of the universe will appear less complex, and solitude will not be solitude, nor poverty poverty, nor weakness weakness, If you have built castles in the air, your work need not be lost. That is where they should be. Now, 
put the foundations under them. I just turned to that. That is from Henry David Thoreau in Walden. I knew I was looking for a quote in Walden, but it just appeared, that quote. And that, by the way, is a part of a spiritual path. That's a synchronicity. It's guidance. It's speaking to us directly. And I'm not going to go too far into overtime here, but I have to say I'm a bit in awe of what Henry David Thoreau has said, and he has a lot of things to say to us in these times. We need to be ourselves. What is wisdom? What is seeking wisdom? It's simply seeking wisdom. You might have people all around you who have a particular way of seeing things and are trying to impose that on you. It doesn't mean that we don't live within a structured society. We do, and it gets more and more structured every day. How we go forward is a good question, because what is consistent, those of us who are spiritual, no matter what your path, what is consistent with a spiritual path forward? I started out this program talking about how we only looked at things one-dimensionally a year ago. Fear has a tendency to do that, and this is a program about fear, the frontier beyond fear, how we get beyond it, how we move beyond it. Maybe we're going to learn huge lessons. I surely do hope we do. I saw right at the outset, and many of us did, that you can't look at a situation that we've fallen into here one-dimensionally. You have to look at it sociologically. You can't just look at one small thing without thinking about how it impacts everything else. And that is another word for it looking at things organically, holistically. We are an organic whole. And that doesn't mean we're all the same. I mean, some people interpret that, that we're all a bunch of clones, or that's what we should be. No, that's not what it means. That's not how we came to this planet. We came here before we were born to live an authentic human life. Clearly, there is choice. Here on the planet, you don't see something manipulating all our choices from above. I mean, we may be guided to certain things. I do believe that this notion of God being love is true. I do believe that deep inside ourselves, when we listen to our inner compass, we are guided to compassion and love and empathy. But far too often, we are hearing that interpreted in only one way. And we're not thinking about who is the whole human being, every single person who is impacted. And what does it mean to make free choices? That's really important, incredibly important. And if we go into the, in the direction of fewer and fewer free choices, we will not survive as a civilization. That's not a productive or healthy direction and history has shown that time and time again that's why now is the time to be called back to authenticity now is the time 
to be who you are. When you make a choice, and you have many choices before you, I'm not going to speak about what all those choices may be because there are many choices ahead of you right now, all of us. What makes you feel comfortable? Is a choice that you're thinking of making just filled with shouts in your head like, no, 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 that's not the right direction? Well, then guess what? It's very likely not the right direction. And I'm not talking about fear speaking. I'm talking that sounds like fear, and it can be a kind of caution. But you can feel it. It's your inner compass. It's your inner guidance. So you need to make your own choices. These trends towards unhealthy behaviors in society, which don't honor who each and every one of us is, are not only spiritually unhealthy, and they are, they're unhealthy in every possible way. And it's not political. You can come from multiple ways of thinking. It's not based in just one country. There are people worldwide listening to this program. What is your most foundational truth? Those of us who are spiritual or who have a spiritual anchor, who have seen the evidence of the spiritual, can feel what that is and how it guides us. There are those who are mocking. Fine, mock as you will. I don't need to internalize your mocking. Mocking, by the way, is not a healthy way of being a person. Do I sound judgmental? I suppose. But you know what? When we tolerate without speaking up intense judgmental behavior, then there won't be anything left. Tolerance dies at that point. And our greatest spiritual way showers, Gandhi, for example, have called us to non-judgment. I'm calling you to yourself. If this program doesn't resonate, then that is fine. Go your way. But those of you who are listening deeply with your hearts, you know You know what's going on. We all fall into dysfunctional human behavior. Every one of us. I do too. I claim it when I do. I see it. But it doesn't mean that we can't change, that we can't in the next moment say, yeah, you know, maybe that was a little judgmental or snarky. I think that that's a way of it's easy. You know, people get back what they they pitch out towards you. When when everybody's being sarcastic and derisive, it's so easy to be sarcastic and derisive in response because one responds to the to the other. One forces the other. And the greatest spiritual way showers told us don't do that. Um Jesus said it too. So many different way showers they knew that that way doesn't really work. So 
when I tell you to work with yourself and how you choose to be, it's not just in response to somebody else, though there may be those pushing at you. When you know within yourself with confidence that, yes, I feel good about this choice, this is a healthy choice, this is the right path, this is my way forward, when you feel that too for yourself, that's the way. It's that simple. doesn't mean you can't take input from people, but you need to get, be still. There is an inner peace. There is a mindfulness about it. And then the decisions will become more clear. Henry David Thoreau, he spoke of this in his own way. He needed to go to the woods. Maybe we all do. This is the first day of spring where I am. And spring or autumn, they're both beautiful. Go to the woods. Listen. Find who you are. If something is troubling you, find that stillness and say, how do I really feel about this? Seek wisdom. Go deeper. Don't just take things at face value. There are plenty of people who hand you their truths on a platter And whether that's for you or not is debatable, but they would be happy to impose it upon you. Go deeper. Often you'll discover that what is claimed to be the truth isn't actually the truth. Go deeper. You'll be guided to truth. It doesn't mean that there aren't shared truths. Yes, there are. There are things that we can share. We all have different perceptions, but absolutely. We're trying to understand the nature of reality, many of us. Those who go deeper, those who think about things, and those who want to make what I would call a mindful decision, a heartful decision. Mindfulness doesn't necessarily mean you're dominated by your brain, that you're dominated by, you know, in meditation they might call the monkey brain, that brain run amok. No. Mindfulness means stillness and really getting down to the center of it all. It doesn't mean you don't research and do homework. Of course you can. But then you need to see and say, you know what? I want to learn more about this. You'll be guided to learn more. It's all about listening. I think I've said enough for today. I may occasionally come in at this time, again, um, 1 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. I know, I think it's only Arizona that's not on Daylight Time yet, and I know in Europe you're not on Daylight Savings Time yet, so it gets a little bit confusing. But, um, you know, 1 p.m. Pacific Daylight, daylight, 4 p.m. Eastern, I will really make an effort to be here on Saturday, and I may be here other days occasionally. I did a Tuesday show. If you didn't hear the show on discernment that I did last week, that was also very relevant to this topic, and I invite you to that as well. So with that said, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Once again, I appreciate Blog Talk Radio's support of this long-running program, podcasting before it was even a trend. 
what is podcasting anyway, but just being who we are best we can, and we step into it a step at a time. So thank you, everyone. And I will see you next Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time or possibly before. Just if you want to know, some days I don't always give you a lot of advance notice if I'm able to do a show. But um, follow the show because you'll get a reminder before it. Um, So anyway, thanks again. Um, See you here next time. Thank you.